Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. He's preparing a smooth road for him to move unimpeded in our lives. Earlier this year, well, a little bit earlier, back in the middle of July, my wife and I took a vacation. And we were going to travel from here in Sparta all the way to Camas, Washington. And in order to move and, and to get out there in the best way, because my wife let me know, and I want to tell you something, I have a wonderful helpmate, and she is all business. And she said, now last year we took three nights to get there. This year we're going to do it in two Two nights. And so we looked at the, uh, Googled it, looked at the maps of, of the most smooth, unimpeded routes, which ended up being I-70 to Kansas City, I-29 up to a place where there's a bridge in western Iowa that crosses over to uh, Nebraska too. Go, go to Lincoln, hit I-80, 80 or 75 miles an hour to Wyoming. Wyoming speed limit increases to 80 down into Utah and interstate. Interstate highway. But you know, we got over to Kansas City. We turned up I-29 and we got over to where we were going to cross over in that direct route right over to Lincoln. And we saw a sign that looked just like that. And I'm going to preach today on that sign. Glory to God, glory to God. Turning with me in your Bibles to Isaiah, the 40th chapter, the third through the fifth verse. And I'm going to be reading this portion of Scripture from uh, the Amplified Version because there are certain things from the Hebrew I want, it to, see cle- I want to see clearly. A voice of one who cries, prepare in the wilderness the way of the Lord. Clear away the obstacles. Make straight and smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted and filled up. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The crooked and uneven shall be made straight and level, and the rough places a plain, and the glory, majesty, and splendor of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Now, I was born in 1956, right in the middle of uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower, back then president's administration. And there's one thing that Dwight D. Eisenhower gave us that everybody can see and everybody knows he was president. When I was a little child, just toddling like some of our little speed demons that run around here, Boy, I tell you what, I was knocking down impediments just like they do too back then. We didn't have interstate highways yet. They were being built, but they weren't done. 
So as a little boy, for me to go out and see Grandma and Grandpa Bishop in western Iowa, I had to get on a train with my folks. Now, as a little child, the train was totally boring to me. The only thing I remember was the ice cream because it came in little rectangles, you know, like that, and I would beg for it just about any chance that I thought maybe I could get away with getting some. I remember Illinois as being a train station. I thought that was Illinois. I thought the smell of diesel fuel and that dimly lit train station was Illinois. But a year later, the highway was finished. I-80. I-80 went from northern New Jersey straight across the country all the way through Iowa. And just as you got to almost the opposite end, you took US 36 south and it went directly down into Red Oak, Iowa. And you know something? That highway was brand new. It was smooth. No impediments, no stop signs, no slowing down, smooth going. If you had to stop for the night, we'd stop twice to make that 1,200-mile journey. You just slid off the interstate to a motel. You slid back on when you came to a, a restaurant you needed or a rest stop if you have a child. You slid right back off and right back on, smooth. No impediments, 65 miles an hour. Before Ike Eisenhower, we would never have thought of taking that journey the way the old highway system was, because it'd be through every town, every stoplight, every stop and go, every this way, that way. It wouldn't have been the kind of a way to move. Not when you've got to do some important moving. Now, the Lord in the scripture that I just read to you, if you think about what you think about road work, this is exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about building a highway, but let's just take for a moment and look at it again because we're going to move on with this. A voice of one who cries, prepare in the wilderness the way of the Lord. Clear away the obstacles. Make straight and smooth in the desert a highway for our God. This is a highway. This is not a U.S. route where you're going through every Podag village. This is a highway that God can move on without impediment. Every valley shall be lifted and filled up. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The crooked and uneven shall be made straight and level. And the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord, the majesty and splendor of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Now... Before I-80, while I-80 was being built, to go from New Jersey all the way to the West Coast, there were hills that had to be blasted away and cut through. There were valleys that literally they had to lift up the dirt to make it plain. There were streams and rivers to ford. And through the Allegheny Mountains, they even blasted tunnels through those mountains to get a smooth route through. But in the scripture I read to you, God had a way of construction that involved one voice. One voice. 
But the mouth of the Lord was going to speak through that one voice. And he was going to be doing this kind of road work. Going on with the scriptures in Luke, the first chapter and the 76th verse. This is prophecy concerning that one voice. John the Baptist. This prophecy given when he's an infant. And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest. For that you go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. To give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God with which the day spring from on high hath visited us. To give light to, to those that sit in darkness and the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the way of peace. And it says this. Now, I want you to listen to the scripture because I want for us to understand it. So the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. God was preparing a highway. He had spoken of it hundreds of years before this voice was going to come. When John the Baptist was born, it said earlier in Luke that he was filled with the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb. He was to be the one person construction crew which was going to usher in the greatest event of all time for us. But in order for that to happen, God wanted his people prepared for the way of the Lord. God wanted his people to be open, ready, so that the Lord could move in their lives unimpeded. One voice. Now, to prepare him, after he was grown a bit, God sent him into the wilderness. Now, where have we been hearing about a wilderness experience? We've been hearing about that right here. Those of you that were here on Wednesday, there was teaching on testing. Uh, those of you that remember Brother Rice's message a week ago, a mighty morsel, that was, that was a time of drought, of dependency, where they didn't have much. That widow woman, if you remember in that message, had enough to feed her son and herself. They were going to eat and die. But the Lord had spoken to Elijah saying, I prepared a widow woman to feed you and sustain you. Now, here's the now listen to how the Lord said that. I have prepared for you a widow woman. In her hour of final extremity, Elijah comes to her and he says, Give me something to drink. Well, she has water, so she goes to get him water, and then he says, Wait a second. Make, I'm bringing this up because it relates to this message. He says, no, but first give me something to eat too. And that's when she tells him, got enough to eat for me and my son. We got two sticks. We're going to eat and die. But then he says, make for me first. And then he prophesies that 
She's not going to, she's going to be sustained if she obeys. And she immediately does. No stop sign, no impediment, she does it. She is one of the heroes of faith because she was prepared to believe and to obey. She just did. For God to prepare John the Baptist to be the voice that was going to bulldoze, smooth over, build up Israel to receive the Lord, he was in the desert for practically his entire life. Now, without people around, not alone though, with God, this guy comes out of the wilderness and he's a sight. He's got a, a, a leather girdle around him made of, of goat skins and, and wild animals. He hasn't had a haircut in maybe 25 years, if then. He's hairy. I mean, you know, he makes a, a Duck Dynasty look like a couple of lightweights. You know, I'm sure that, that beard hadn't, hadn't seen a razor at all. He's been eating off the land. God has been giving him wild honey and locusts to eat. But the important thing is God preparing him. God preparing him to be that voice. So now, no, now one more thing I want to tell you. Before he comes out to speak, Israel had not had prophecy the word of the Lord had not come to them for 500 years. Malachi was the last prophet that they would hear any word of the Lord from. The end of his prophecy was, I will send Elijah before my face. Now, 500 years... Amos prophesied of those days. Behold the days, this is Amos 8 and 11. Behold the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. All they had for 500 years was the law of Moses, what was already written down by the previous prophets, the book of the kings, the book of Joshua, all of the Old Testament that we have written was all they had, 500 years. Now, when that silence would be broken, it was going to get everybody's attention in Israel. Looking at Matthew, the third chapter, beginning at the first verse, we find, in those days... now. The Lord is about to start speaking again. John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea saying, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, 500 years of silence and now we hear the kingdom of heaven is right now. Now, this message shook everybody. Everybody from all of the Pharisees and the high priests, 
all the way down to the thieves, the murderers, the prostitutes, the tax collectors. They were all children of Israel, but they weren't all even trying to live for God. And now, uh-oh, God's speaking. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And listen to, listen to the bulldozer. Listen to the road constructor. Listen to his words. Repent. Now I'm going to read that second verse in, uh, of the third chapter from the amplified version because I want us to get a full idea of how he preached. Repent, that is, think differently, change your mind, regretting your sins, and changing your conduct. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And going on with the New King James Version, then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around Jordan went out to him to be baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, now remember what his call is. Remember he's building a highway. The hills are going to be brought down, so are the mountains. He's talking now to the Pharisees and Sadducees. The Pharisees being the religious Jews, devout. The Sadducees having a form of a religion which denies the resurrection and denies spirits and... Uh, they just haven't gotten out of the habit of going to church, okay? But they're coming too. So he's warning them. Brood of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And it's like, okay, wait a second. I just came out of church. You're telling me I'm a viper? Flee from the wrath to come. Let's go on to this. Therefore, bring forth fruits worthy of repentance and do not think to say to yourselves we have Abraham to our father for I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones you're nothing don't don't say oh I don't need to hear this message of repentance I'm doing pretty good no you're not and even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees therefore every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire and then he says words that everybody's going to remember I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance but he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire the children of Israel knew about the temple of God. They knew that the high priest could only go into the holiest of holies once a year and not without blood. And it wasn't a sure deal that he was going to come out all right. But the prophet Joel had said that the days would come that God would pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. Now, to a Jew... Now, that's prophecy to, to pay attention to. John the Baptist is saying, the one coming right after me is the one going to be doing that baptizing. He goes on to say about Jesus Christ, his winnowing fan is in his hand. He will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor, gather the wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. God was building a highway 
for the Lord to be able to move in the hearts and lives of the children of Israel unimpeded. If there was anything proud and lifted up, it had to be brought down. We know from Jesus Christ's own words that many of the people that were touched and converted here were the abject sinners. They believed, they came humbly, they came looking for mercy. And I want to tell you this, it doesn't say this in the scriptures, but I know from other things that are said here. When those people repented, coming humbly to God, they received an experience. You know how I know that? Because afterwards, they now expected to meet the one that was coming after in a condition, because they were being prepared, that he could receive them and that they could receive him. This was John the Baptist's ministry, to prepare them for the Lord. A lot of the religious people did not receive the message. They thought, according to the law, I'm doing it right. Don't tell me there's going to be a change. We don't want to hear a change in the road. In fact, they weren't used to highways at all. They were used to those little U.S. things and, and Highway D and Highway LL in Missouri, you know, that you end off with no shoulders on the roads going up and down and in and out and into a little town that you blink and he's gone and you're in somewhere else. Now the people were stirred up about this earth mover. And in John the first chapter, we find them asking him something about himself. And I want us to notice this before we go on with this road work. Because I want us to notice what God uses to prepare the way of the Lord. They started asking him questions in the first chapter of John. The first they, they asked him before the scripture you're about to see, are you the Christ? He said, I'm not the Christ. Then they ask him what's on the screen in the 22nd verse of, first, of John, the first chapter. Then they said unto him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? And this is what he said. I am the voice of of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah has said. A lifetime of preparation, in himself he knew he was nothing, but he was going to be a mouthpiece, a manner prepared to speak the word, to prepare the entire people for the moving on the scene of the one who would change life forever. Preparing a highway for Jesus Christ. That's all he was. He would later meet Jesus face to face and say, I didn't know him at first, but when he baptized him, Jesus asked him to baptize him. When he realized who he was, he didn't want to do it. But after he baptized him, he saw the sign that God told him he would see. He saw the Spirit descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And immediately he told those around him, this is he that I spoke of. Here he is now. I was getting you ready for him. Here, here he is. In John, he said, 
Behold the lamb that taketh away the sin of the world. To others he said, this is he of who I spake, who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. His ministry begins to decline. Jesus' disciples begin to baptize for repentance. Jesus preaches, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They say to him, now he's increasing and you're decreasing. John said, I must decrease. He must increase. I've heard his voice now. John, just a voice, but preparing the way. Going back to the life that we live now. Joanne and I are on I-29. We're north of St. Joe into Iowa. I see the turnoff that goes to Red Oak, but we're not going to Red Oak. We're going to Camas, Washington. We come up within about 10 miles of the bridge that we're going to take to cross over, and it says, road work, detour ahead. It says, it shows us that you can't get there the way you thought. Nebraska, too, ain't there. And as we're going up I-29 looking to the west, you see stop signs sitting in the middle of water. You see barns filled up about halfway. You see silos that have collapsed. On the opposite side of I-29, there's no shoulder at all. It's just totally, it goes straight down. It's washed away. I-29 is open again. And we end up getting routed away. We didn't want to go. And let me tell you, let's, let me tell you about, now, how many here have used the interstate system to get to somewhere important you wanted to go? How many here do not like to see that sign along the route that you chose to go? Okay, we're going to talk about that sign. Now, when you're on the interstate and there's going to be something like this happening, you get warned in advance. You don't, they don't just spring that on you and they're, you're there. They give you that miles ahead. And we got it miles ahead. And it's like, okay, I don't know where we're going to have to go. Well, anyway, miles ahead. Now, typical warning signs along the highway are some like this. Road construction ahead. And sometimes it's, it'll say 10 miles ahead. So you get advance warning. I want for us, as I'm talking about this, just to think about the things we've heard taught and preached here in the last several weeks. Going back to a double header where Brother Rice taught the first met, uh, teaching, and he said, taught on change me. Now, when you get the message change me, and then Scott Graham gets up and preaches a message about not stepping over the threshold, which is basically the same message as Brother Rice preached, but with a lot more of this in it. Like, hey, we're going to have to do something. It's because highways, after a while, break down. After a while, enough freezing and thawing, enough weather, enough heavy travel, the roads break down. You get potholes, you get, you get rough, broken areas, 
And then you can't move safely through. And so in order for their, the movement to continue smooth and, un, and un, unimpeded, you've got to do something to that road to get it back to it, the place where it's supposed to be. Smooth, a way to move smoothly unimpe, with unimpediments. Boy, you know what? I speak in tongues even when I'm not trying. Pray for me. Anyway, we've been getting some advance notice. Last, two weeks previous to last Wednesday, they were teaching on, un, on forgiveness. Now, forgiveness is one of those things that's deep down in the road that can undermine the entire road. You can have a sinkhole of unforgiveness, and it will cause the entire highway of God to just go clunk right down in. God was trying to work around, get that out of there, get that shored up. And last Wednesday, we heard about testing, another one of our favorites, like, oh boy, testing, oh boy, testing. But there's road work. God is trying to shore up a way for him to use us. He's preparing a smooth road for him to move unimpeded in our lives and we don't have a choice when you come to that sign it's not like oh you know i'll just pretend it's not there no it's there and it's going to do something then you'll see a sign like this road work next 10 miles now that's something god doesn't usually give you you don't know how long the road work's going to be generally when you see the sign it's like this is going to go on for a while that's all you know Next, you can expect signs like expect delays. And that's another thing that's like, oh, delays. I think Brother Rice or Brother Jones mentioned something about don't, uh, when you pray for uh, patience, God will give you patience, but he'll give you the sign first, expect delays. If you want patience, he'll give you patience. You'll see signs like flag man ahead. Now, you've got to pay attention to that man. When he turns that paddle to stop, you're not going anywhere. When he turns it to slow, you can move, but you're going to move cautiously and slowly. You see the sign, be prepared to stop. And it's like, okay, I want to get to there, but I've got to stop. Well, you've got to stop. 45 miles an hour, strictly enforced. <laughs> Sometimes it says fines doubled. Strictly enforced. Fines, $375 minimum. That's the cost of disobeying that one. When there is construction being done to God's highway, we do have to pay attention. Now, every now and then you see somebody that kind of tries to cruise through, but the cost of that disobedience can be very costly. You see the signs slow down. When there's construction going on, we have to slow down. Narrow lanes. Narrow is the way that leads to life. The way that leads to death is very broad. It's, it's a six-lane highway, maybe ten-lane. 
But the way that God wants us to be is on a narrow way of His choosing. Left lane could be right lane. Left lane closed. We're going single file. We're all going the same way. We're all going to be experiencing not the same particular thing, but the sim but similar in that God is preparing us with what we're going through. And one thing that I have loved since I've been saved, there hasn't been a single trial that I've ever been put through and in 42 years, 41 years, I put in a lot of them that I didn't have some of the other saints that had been in the line right in front of me. They made it through, I'll make it through. Not as fast as I'd like, but I'm still going through. Stay in your lane. Now, without getting off into it, my wife has a job now, which I'm not going to talk a lot about, only that she's on the highway a lot. And she encounters something that I refer to as suicide jockeys. And unfortunately, they, they, they travel day and night. And they think they're on... They think they're at Daytona on the 500. They're weaving in and out, you know, and they're moving in and out of traffic, sometimes with turn signals, oftentimes without. And they're moving in and out. Sometimes they're at this far lane, and there's their exit, and they're moving all the way across. And they're a big reason why sometimes we get stopped on the interstates when they find that fate caught them. Stay in your lane. Merge right. When, when the sign tells us to move one way or another way, we're to go with the flow, but we got to pay attention to the signs. Bump. <laughs> Bump indicates a single jarring event you're about to experience. <laughs> Boom! You know, like, ooh, yeah, there, that was a bump. Okay. A moment to remember. And then this one that Brother Jones and Brother Rice wants me to emphasize. Get... Pay attention. Listen to this one. Hit a worker. Ten years in jail and $10,000 fine. Do not harm the person giving you these messages, which happens to be me right now. But <laughs> the thing is, they are given messages from the one that planned this highway, that gave them the, the civil engineer that gave them strict blueprints on how this highway is to be built. While Joanne and I were on the second day of our journey, staying, uh, I think, in, what, in Idaho, on the local news, which was one station was out of Denver, Colorado, it showed something that had just happened. Along a bridge on US 36, because of the great amount of rain, the highway collapsed because it was built on clay. The engineers thought that it, it would hold it. It didn't. And the whole thing was caved in terribly. It was going to cause a big problem with trying to commute around the city. I wondered, and one of the things that came up, you wondered, did the civil, civil engineers build it wrong? Was it not built on the right foundation? 
Sometimes to build it on the right foundation will cost something. Sometimes it will create more delay. Sometimes it will be more construction to get it down to the level it needs to be to be built with the right materials to get it where that doesn't ever happen. But Joanne and I, on I-29, saw the sign that said, Road Closed Detour. Road Closed meant the way that we thought we were moving in that portion of our life was going to change to one that we hadn't ever expected to have to go on. And it did take us out of our way, almost all the way up to Omaha, before we could cross over. But we didn't have a choice. When the Lord gives us road construction signs, we don't have a choice. But let's look at the end result. When I was a little boy, that newly constructed highway was new. It was smooth. There was a perfect flow. There was no stop signs. There was no slowing. Unless you came to a major city, you might slow down five miles an hour. It was, it was an artery that shot us directly across the country to where we needed to go. The Lord has spoken something about us. And I don't just mean the whole church. I mean us. This church is with prophecy. The Lord is doing construction here. Not just a building, not just that building. But the Lord is preparing us. A highway that He can move through. Wherever we are. The way of the Lord. The messages that you are hearing and are going to continue to hear, we're going to see some signs. But keep in mind, the purpose of... Oh boy. I went longer than... All right. Let me just say this. When it comes to construction now, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ so that he can move through us and make us a glorious highway. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.